Good morning. Hello. Whenever you are listening to this, I bid you greetings. My name is Charles Morgan. This is Word is Live Ministries. Um, uh, if you're listening on the radio, I just want you to know that uh, we are listener-supported. probably hearing that a lot on Christian radio right now, but uh, uh, we depend on you to pay for these programs, and we do have to pro, pro, uh, pay for them uh, Wednesday and Sunday, and we would uh, appreciate any help that you could be to us. Uh, you can go to Word is Live Ministries dot com and uh, find out how you can help us. This morning we'll be in Matthew, Matthew chapter nine, and it starts out. And it says, "And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came to the coast of Judea beyond Jordan, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him." Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave in his wife, and they twain, or two, shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they that are no more twain but one flesh, what therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Okay, this lesson is not about marriage. Uh, this sermon is not, and I just wanted to put that up front, but uh, it's got a very important message here. Now, we got to understand the players here. got to understand who was going on here in this. Uh, uh, there was multitudes that were following Jesus around. There were people that wanted to listen to him. I wanted to hear what he had to say. They recognized that Jesus spoke with authority. And they, the scripture says this, that uh, he speaks with authority. It's not like somebody that's uh, uh, quoting something or just saying, well, you know, God may have said this. No, he's speaking with authority, saying this is what the God, word of God says. I'm telling you what, preachers right now need to be speaking with authority. They need to be standing up and speaking the uh, word of God, preaching it, not backing down. And we see that too much today. And so Jesus was uh, going around, and so it says, and it came to pass. So there was a passage of time here. Uh, after he'd been doing some things, he, it says, after this time, that when Jesus had finished these things, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. So Jesus is moving around. He doesn't stay in one place. He's trying to get this message out to as many people as possible and he doesn't stay there and just say, okay, I'm going to establish his church. Uh, this is my ministry here. We hear a lot about that today. Well, this is my ministry. Some people's ministry is to move around. Some people's ministry is to go from place to place. Uh, I've got friends who are evangelists, and that's what they're doing. They uh, they are called to be an evangelist, just the Bible says, and they go from place to place preaching the word of God. Some are called to pastors, and they may be there for a long time, or they may be there for a short time. Uh, with uh, whatever God wants him to do. <coughs> Excuse me. So Jesus is moving. Uh, we see these things, and these are all important in the Bible that we need to know this because he's not just dealing with the same group of people all the time. Now, there are people that are following him, but they're still, everywhere he goes, they're a new group of people. Um, and they're they're listening to him, and some are going to question him. Some are going to think, uh, you know, uh, what is this guy? Some are afraid of him, I truly believe. And so it said, Great multitudes, in verse 2, followed him. Okay, they followed him, and they had different reasons. And we see, and he healed them. So there were those that, that they were just going there because they wanted something from Jesus. 
today there are people that just claim Jesus because they want something from Jesus. They don't they don't want to have a relationship with him. They just want some things. You know, Jesus, can you do this for me? Jesus, can you do that for me? And and uh, I've dealt with them, and others have too. You know, they come and I don't understand why Jesus is not answering my prayers. Well, it's, it's because you don't have a relationship with him. Uh, you're just wanting him. You, you view him as a candy man and just say, hey, I want you to do these things for me. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing. So a lot of these people did not have a relationship with him, but Jesus was still he, he was healing people. He was making them well again. And why was he doing this? He was giving these Jews a sign that I am who I am. I am who I say I am. And he said at one point, if you don't believe uh, you know, just what I say, you ought to believe what I'm doing. You ought to see this. And I believe they really did know that he was of God. Nicodemus even said this in John chapter 3. He came, he said, yeah, we know you're of God. Nobody could do the things you're doing except you're of God. So why did they reject him? He was messing with their deal. Uh, they were more worried about power structures. They were more worried about uh, what they were getting out of this and what they could do. And, and they looked down their noses at people. We've got too many churches that are doing this, too many churches that look down their noses. I've discussed this with some people about uh, established churches, and, and you go in there and they're mean churches. There are a lot of times they're, they're dying or they're dead churches already. Uh, they don't want anything. They, they want their dominion. They want their rule, and they want to rule over people. You, know, you can come and be there, but you better do exactly what they say. Don't have any new ideas. We don't want to see it growing because then you can outvote us, and they are afraid of that. And uh, they want to go into a business meeting and say, well, this is church. Well, that's not church. Church is worshiping. And so we, we have these people. And so you know, these great multitudes were following him everywhere Jesus went. He was attracting people. He still attracts people today. Some of them don't know exactly what's going on. Some of them want to reject him, but he's still attracting people today. So in verse 3, we see this other group. Okay, you've got the multitudes that are following. you got Jesus, you got his apostles, his disciples, those are, uh, that uh, are following him and, and truly are uh, learning from him and want to learn from him. Now you've got the Pharisees. Now these, these guys, I mean, uh, people, people know their name that don't even know anything about the Bible. They'll say, don't be pharisaical, but they don't understand who they were. They were a religious sect of the day. Uh, there were Pharisees, Sadducees, there were others as well. But these Pharisees were kind of the ruling religious class. And they had promoted themselves to the point of, we are the ones that are telling you what to do. We're the ones that live it and show it, and you should follow us, and you should actually revere us for how pious we are, how we stick to it. And Jesus told them at one time, he said, he said you make your sacrifices. And you even make your sacrifices to, to the herbs, and that's good. He didn't say that's bad, but he said you've forgotten the weightier matters of the law. You've forgotten what the law really is. You've forgotten about love. You've forgotten about compassion. You've forgotten about what the law is really supposed to be. And so they were about self-promotion. They were about doing what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. Uh, they went around in fine clothes. They didn't work. They wanted uh, uh, everyone to see them and know them. And, and uh, when they walked down the street, go, oh, that's the guys. You know, they're so holy. They're so holy. They wanted that. You know, and I'm, I'm afraid that uh, too many of us, we get caught up into that. You know, we want people to see us. And especially as, as preachers and ministers, you know, say, oh, well, I want, I want people to know this. You know, you know hey, we, we are human beings. Uh, we mess up, you know, and that's the thing. Of we still have sin in our lives, and so many of them get caught up into it, and, and people have put them up on this pedestal, and they've got a long way to fall. 
Uh, we're, we're humans. We're called to do a job. I, w- I was mentioning that a while ago, that some are called to pastors, some are called to evangelists, some are called to other things, but that's what it is. We have a calling upon our lives to preach the gospel. God gives us that. He gives us uh, talents to do that and to pr- present it in whatever way that he has given us. I mean, he chose uh, his his uh, apostles. He chose uh, Paul on the road to Damascus. And you can look at it and go, well, why would he do that? Because he knew what he had given Paul. He knew he would given Paul something that was to be used, not for what Paul wanted to use for, but what Jesus wanted it to be used for. And so he gave them, and on the road to Damascus, he introduced himself to Paul, and Paul accepted it, and he went on. But he was called. These other guys were called out. And you know, as he walked on the shores of Galilee, he said, follow me, follow me. You know, And that's what he's asking for. So these Pharisees come on the scene. He said that they also came unto him. But they've got a couple of words there. And it's got come in front and back of it. So we need to know this. We need to understand this and what they were really about. Now there's no problem with going to Jesus and saying, Look, I've got a question. I need an answer. But that's not what they were about. Look what they, it says. It said tempting him. They were trying to trip him up. They were trying to create a situation where they could say, Aha, see there? Hey, still, still happening today, folks. I'm gonna tell you, and, and I was having a discussion uh, this morning, and and you know, with with the COVID thing, and you can you can think whatever you want, but I'm gonna tell you what, it was mainly an attack on Christianity. And you say, how do you even think that? Well, let's think about this. Uh, churches were not supposed to have services; they weren't supposed to be singing, but somehow casinos were okay. Uh, that was all right. You know, we limit the number of people, but we can still, we can have casinos. Uh, stores, uh, Walmart was still left open. Some of these other venues uh, were left open, and that was okay because it was all right. We had riots going on. That was okay because they were just expressing themselves. But yet, if you walked inside a church house, somehow you were a super spreader. If you sang out to your Lord, you were a super spreader. And the the worst part about this is people within that church actually fell into this and said, yeah, that's right. This was an attack on Christianity. This was Satan working. And you say, well, did he create it? I doubt it, but he sure used it. He used it to close up churches. He used it to keep people home, even today, that they still won't come out and worship. Uh, and that's that's just a fact. But you look at this thing, how in the world did that happen? Because we let it happen. We said, okay. We listened to government more than we did God. And we're still doing it today on different things, and we're going to get to some there. So the Pharisees came tempting him, trying to trip him up, trying to stop him in his tracks to keep him from doing what he was doing, to keep people from listening to him, to keep people from hearing the true word of God. And I truly believe that that's what was, that was all about. It was trying to stop the word of God. And, uh, and Satan's learned a lot. Look, Satan's, Satan's good at this. He's got a lot of help. He can't be everywhere at once, but he's got a lot of help, and he's still doing this. He's tempting people. He's twisting Scripture, and he's allowing people to twist Scripture. We've gone through this just recently where uh, people were picking uh, little things out of the Scripture and saying, well, this is what I believe now. I've believed this other all my life, but now all of a sudden I believe. And you got uh, people that are standing up and going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because it's what we want to believe. We decided Scripture 
doesn't mean anything. And they said to him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? What they're trying to do, they're trying to trip him up on divorce. And again, this is not about divorce, but this is what they were trying to do. They were bringing subject to him that was controversial, that uh, would get him to uh, have to pick a side. That's what they wanted. Because what they do, and this is what people will do to you, they'll try to get you to pick a side and say, well, do you believe this, you believe this, you love it, you know, on something that's meaningless. And then try to trounce on you. Uh, the first thing they'll do is, is try to label you and, and put a label on you and say, see, you're this. You're this. And it'll be a demeaning label. It won't be something that, uh, uh, you know, is just meaningless. It'll be a, a demeaning label that they'll try to, try to say, well, see there, here's the way you believe. You're awful. And that's what they're trying to do to Christians today. You're awful. You're mean. You're nasty. And, and everything they can. So they bring this to Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you what, Jesus is not going to fall for this, but I love the way Jesus handles things. I mean, it's just so cool. Now, look, these Pharisees knew Scripture. They could quote it. They could just, bam, quote it like crazy. You know, they knew it, and they used it against people as a weapon to say, well, see there, see there. I mean, they tried to bring stuff to Jesus, and why are your why are your disciples doing this, and why are your disciples doing that? You know, and it, and it was stuff that wasn't even in the Scripture. It was stuff they had added to it, but still, they were trying to trip him up with Scripture. Well, Jesus wrote the Scripture. He knew it. And so when they come to him, and they're trying to throw this at him, they're trying to tempt him, he just throws it back on them. I just love how Jesus does things. He does not allow them to bring him into their argument. He brings it back to them. He lets them answer a question instead of him answering the questions because they were doing this on purpose. And they were they already had it planned out. I guarantee you they did. When they came to him and they said this, they already had it picked out who was going to say what. They know, okay, if he says this, you say this. And if he says this, you say this. So they had each one picked out, and they they were called lawyers because they knew the law, they knew the scripture, and they were going to argue their case, and they were going to twist everything. Why were they doing this? Because there was a multitude there. It wasn't one-on-one. Nicodemus came to him one-on-one. Why did Nicodemus come to him? He truly wanted answers. It didn't say that Nicodemus was trying to trip him up. Nicodemus truly wanted answers. He came to Jesus by night. Now, why did by night? There's a lot of speculation, but he came to him to get answers. That's what he wanted. He had questions, but he truly wanted answers. He came to him alone, not when multitudes were around him, not when everybody was listening, but when it was quiet, when it was still, so he could sit down one-on-one and have that discourse of asking those questions. And because of that, we get some great things. We get some great things. We get John 3.16 for one, but there's so much there. We know that we find out that the world is condemned already by those scriptures, by that conversation. So Jesus says, answering and said unto them, Have ye not read? No, he knows they have. It's not a question of, Have you? He knew they had. He knew they'd read the scriptures. He knew that they knew the scriptures. He knew that they had studied them. He knew that they had discussed them before they even got there. You know, they were all, always constantly trying to do something. Uh, the woman caught in adultery, uh, that was what that was all about. It was all about trying to trip Jesus up. Uh, but in doing so, right away, they ignored the law. Because if you go back to the law, you see that when two are caught together like that, you bring both of them. Both of them are to be stoned to death. They didn't bring the man, did they? They just brought the woman. See, it was all about tripping Jesus up. 
It was all about trying to get him in a situation where they could take advantage. And he said, have ye not read? Now, this is the main crux of the sermon, and I'm going to tell you this, and we're going to get into this, that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't, <laughs> I don't really care if it hurts your feelings. If you believe something other than this, you don't believe the Bible. If you're sitting and you go to church and you claim to be a child of God and you believe in fluidity of gender and, and all this other thing and, and, and everything else and it's all just whatever you want it to be, and I'll probably get some comments on this, you don't believe the Bible. You truly don't believe the Bible. You don't believe. He said male, male and female. How much clearer do you really want this? But see, you believe this and that in psychiatry. Well, let me tell you something. Psychiatry changes all the time. You know, there were things that were deemed a mental illness. And all of a sudden, the board of psychiatrists and psychiatric people got together and decided, well, we don't really think it is because we want to do that. And because we want to do that, we're going to say it's not a mental illness anymore. It's not really a problem. It's to be celebrated. Even though the Bible said not. See, the Bible stays the same. And we look at this, but we say, oh... I don't really like that, you know. And we said, well, we'll just discard this and we'll discard that. Look, sin is sin. You and, and I know what you're going to say. Well, well, what about you? You sin, you know. And I've, I've heard people talk to others. Well, you're fat, so you're a glutton, so you sin too. So what's wrong, you know? Yeah, we all sin. But we're not to continue in sin. And we're to recognize it. And we're to call it what it is. But I'm going to tell you right now, there are a lot of preachers in pulpits today that will not address it. They will not say it because they're more worried about filling pews. They're more worried about filling the, the collection plate. They're more worried about their career as they call it and what they, because they don't call it a call and they call it their career. They won't even address this. They won't even read this. They don't want to get to it because they're going to maybe offend somebody. Everybody in this world is offended about something it seems like. Well I'm going to tell you what the gospel, the scripture, the word of God, the Bible, the holy Bible, the one I have sitting in front of me and you should have uh, as well, is offensive. Why? Because it goes against our very nature. Why? Because our our nature is to sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's that's us. And so we read these things. Well, We shouldn't just look at it and say, well, because I, I don't like it, we discard it. Is that what we're going to do? That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing in churches. We've got things going on today, and we're saying, oh, it's okay. It's okay for our children. Here's the thing, Mom and Dad. You'll uh, you'll let your kids go and listen to uh, some man wearing a dress and some gaudy makeup and some other stuff and read to your kids in a library, but you won't sit down and read the Bible to your kids. How about that? Oh, I take them to church. I send them to Sunday school. When's the last time? When did you sit down and read with them? I'll tell you a good one. Just sit down and read Proverbs to them. Just go through a few verses a night or one verse or whatever you want to do. Read through Proverbs. Read through some of these others. And, and you know, read and study with them. Tell them about Jesus. I, I've met people, you know, they've, got, they've never even tried to lead their kids to Jesus. They say, well, that's somebody else's responsibility. But you'll allow your kids to do that, to uh, experience all these things. You'll allow them to go to uh, school and you say, well, uh, they need that because that's what everybody's doing. Well, everybody's doing it because the world's perverted. And then we wonder why there's predators out there and getting by with this stuff. We've, we've allowed people, uh, men, to go in girls' uh, dressing rooms because that day they say they're a woman. Why are they doing that? So they can see your daughter. 
That's what these guys are about. They're not about right things. Male and female, that's who he made. And look, Jesus, what is he quoting? He's quoting from uh, Genesis. And we're just going to read this. Genesis 1, 27. Let me get over there to it. He said, So God created man, his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female, created he, he him. And then we go over to 5 and 2. It says, Male and female created him, he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Male and female. Nothing else. So if you disagree with that, if you think all this thing that's going on right now, you don't believe the Bible. You do not believe the Bible. You are thumbing your nose at God. You don't believe God. You don't believe God knows what he's doing. You're saying, well, we know better. That's where we get in trouble. Did God really say? That's what Satan said to Eve. Did God really say that? Is that really what he meant by that? It's plain as a nose on your face if you can find it, because some of you are so in the dark, I don't think you can. Male and female created he them. He's asking that. Do you not understand that? We get this great, because they came and they were trying to tempt him, Jesus throws this back at them. And it's right here in the scripture. And I just read in several different places. It's not just in one. That's who he created. He didn't create a bunch of things with different pronouns. And, and uh, good grief, we got people thinking they're cats and, and dogs and all kinds of stuff. You know, you know. used to they just said, no, you're not. Go back to your chair. Now we all oh, we got to accommodate them because we don't want to offend them. Do you realize how small a part of the population that really is? How stupid? I think it's amazing that it really took the rednecks getting upset over this beer thing for anything to really uh, be uh, said and people really start standing up and go, well, I really believe that too. We were all afraid to. Afraid to say anything. Afraid to get canceled in this woke culture. I hate that word. Woke culture. We created stupid words to describe stupid actions. And that's what's going on today. Folks, what we need to do is we need to get back to the Word of God and believe every word of it and start acting like it. Not just going to church on Sunday morning and go, yeah, yeah, it's good. You don't even know what the sermon was when you got out of there, but I'm talking about acting like it, living it in your home, teaching your children, telling them the truth. Not going off and going, well, you know, my kid feels like this, so now I feel a little different. No, the Word of God. I'm not saying don't love your kid. And I'm telling you to tell him the truth. If you got a boy and he's going around saying that he's a woman, he's got a problem. He's not okay. Same thing with a girl doing the other thing, acting like a boy. He's got a problem. This nation's got a problem with letting men do this. It's such a debate right now about them competing in women's sports, and we're like, oh, we have to. We're nutty. We turned our back on God. Jesus said before he comes, it would be like in the days of Noah. Well, here we are. I said for years that we, we were under judgment. We were not going to be judged. People say, well, if we keep on like this, we're going to be judged. No, we're under judgment. Why do you think all these things are happening? And Christian people won't stand up. Instead, they're acquiescing and saying, oh, yeah, I believe that too. Because I'm love. Well, you're not love if you don't believe the Bible. You're not love if you don't tell the truth. That's the thing. When you lie to someone, you don't love them. 
when you say, well, you can do whatever you want and God's happy with that, you're a liar. You're lying about the Word of God and you don't love that person. You don't care about them. Jesus said he made them male and female and that's just the two he made. None other. Only that. He didn't make other. We did that. And it's recently been that it's gone crazy nuts because we're saying, oh yeah, we should do this. Now we're finding out even even the homosexual community doesn't want anything to do with the trans community because the trans community is violent. Attacking places, attacking people. And yet we still say, oh well, uh, we'll let them do, do this. Men are choking people down. Christian people grabbing them by the throat. And then we got people uh, that are being thrown in jail because they were quoting scripture in front of an abortion clinic. Illegal, the charges did get thrown out, but that was in the United States of America. And yet, how many of you knew about it? How many of you cared? How many of you care right now that I'm saying anything? How many of you are going to stand up and say, hey, I believe this word of God? I'm not mean, I'm not nasty, I'm not hate-filled, but I do believe the word of God, and this is the way it is. Folks, I don't know how long Jesus is going to tarry. I don't know how, how long generations are going to tarry. But I'm telling you right now, you've got to believe the Word of God. And the Word of God says all sin and comes short of the glory of God. The Word of God says the wages of that sin is death. If we truly believed that, we wouldn't be letting these people just do whatever and not say anything. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He said, if we confess the Lord Jesus, that He is God, He is God of our lives, and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, He said, you will be saved. That's where we need to get back to, where we believe the Word of God. If we truly believe these people are going to hell, we'd be saying something. But the thing of it is, we don't want to believe in hell. And more and more I'm convinced that more and more of our churches are filled with lost people whose names are on roll books who have said they are saved they don't know anything about the word of God they don't want to know anything about the word of God they float in the culture with whatever comes around and that's how they deal with it he made them male and female folks that's it he didn't make them its and whats and everything else and I know people are going to get upset but I'm telling you the truth you claim to be a child of God and you believe anything else in what has just been read, you need to question whether you truly are a child of God. I can't tell you that, but you know that. I've dealt with people that said they've saved for years and then come out and said, no, I really wasn't, and I knew it the whole time. Not something I just figured out. I already knew it. It wasn't because an evangelist came to town and preached a good message out of Matthew chapter 7 or whatever. They knew it the whole time. Folks, we need to get back to the Bible. Marriage was the first institution that God instituted. We have allowed it to be perverted. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Nothing else. And I don't care what you call yourself. You can call yourself a bird, but you can't fly. We need to get back to the Bible. It's what it says. This is Jesus.
Do you believe Jesus? Do you truly have Jesus in your heart? Have you truly accepted the Word of God? And what He said about sin and the wages of that sin and the gift of God. You see, it's not about my words, it's about His. We may not like them, but they're true. They're meaningful. We may not even fall on them, but we should believe they're true. I grew up in a time where people did believe the Bible even though they weren't following it. They may not come to church, but they knew the scripture. They've been taught when they were young, and they truly believed it. But they willfully disregarded it. Now we got people that they don't even believe it. And they want to discard it. They want to discard this book. They want to discredit it. They want to say, oh, well, it's this or that, and we'll just throw it away and, and not use it. Folks, I'm telling you, the way we're going, there's going to be less and less. There's going to be a famine of the hearing of the Word of God. There's going to be a time where you won't even hear it in your community because nobody is left there that knows it or believes it or cares about it. Churches used to be, in our area, a lot, very populated, getting to be less and less. You drive through, you see these. Now they're different things. They're, people are living in them. There's liquor stores in them. Why? Because... People didn't teach the Word of God. They left it alone. They didn't stand up. They were more afraid of ridicule than they were about souls. The Bible tells us if we don't love our neighbor, people around us, we're making God a liar. He's not in us. Do you care about lost people? If you say you're saved and you don't believe the Word of God, are you really saved? If you're floating in the wind with everything that the society brings along, society changes. Do you know the mark of a society that's going down is homosexuality and rampant? Because we got to the point where nothing satisfies? Where are we now? We're so entertained that we we aren't entertained. Listen, I don't I don't care if you think I'm mean or not, but this is the truth, this is the word of God. I hope you accept Jesus Christ today. I hope you do that. I hope you let me know that. And then you find a Bible-believing church that truly preaches it. My name is Charles Morgan. This has been Word is Alive Ministries. Thank you for allowing me to be with you.